Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Creatokia podcast. My name is Videl, and I'm the global head of audio at Bookwire. This is a new podcast about digital publishing through the lens of NFTs, crypto, and blockchain, where every week we dive into this new and fast-moving world, looking at how authors and publishers can take their first steps in creating digital originals and NFTs. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you joined us last week. So today um, I'm joined, as usual, by John and Jens, uh, co-founders of Bookwire and the Creatokia platform. So hi, guys. Welcome back. Hello, Videl. Hi, Videl. Hi, hello, hello. So this is our, actually a mini celebration or a mini mark because this is the last episode of the year. We are close to the end of the year, well, close to Christmas. And in this episode, I think we want to talk about two things. I think we want to kind of put a wrap up on the year because even though we are still have many things that we want to do and tell people about Creatokia and the NFT journey, we've already achieved a few things. So I think it'd be really interesting to get your thoughts uh, about how the year has gone and what we've done and why we've done it. And then we also, of course, we want to tell our audience and our listeners about the drop that we have this week, because as we explained before, we have weekly drops, which we really want everyone to check out. So let's start with talking about the year. Where did it all begin? Jens, I think it was in March when we decided, okay, it's enough now. We heard so much about NFTs and how they are used in other industries. We should really identify if this is a possible path for our, I would say, a part of the business. Right. I, th I think I remember well, we met in the morning and you said, Jens, I think we have to do this NFT thing. Uh, in Bookwire, and I and I answered, I think so. Yes, I thought about it, and great, you're mentioning it. I think it's time now for us to jump in because uh, it's it's something really big coming up, and that was the kind of ignition to a couple of like workshops that we did with NFT experts. That even uh, sometimes you make workshops, and after that you think like, okay, that's not it. And after these workshops we felt like oh shit really we have to invest we have to go we have to run faster 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 and that was actually the moment where we created the idea a team and well the rest is uh, is here now absolutely there were several podcasts that inspired us and news on the internet and of course the big people uh, sale of this fantastic nft picture for almost 70 million dollars and then we did two workshops and two initial workshops. Some of the experts that we found for these workshops were later guests in our German edition of the podcast, like uh, Sebastian Post and Kevin Wittek and uh, Dominic. And Dominic was already here the last week talking about communities. So, yeah, that's what, that was the start for the idea of Creatokia. And I think, I mean, one of the, I remember one of our guests who said, you know, I've been in this scene a long time, almost a year. And for me, that was such a, <laughs> such an interesting perspective. So yeah, the fact that you made the decision back in March in the NFT world, that's quite a long time ago already. And we've been running since then. Yeah, right. I think it was Dominic saying, I've been in this space quite a long time now. And he meant October last year. That was pretty cool. So that means we are not too late, but we always feel kind of the pressure to, to move on quickly because the space is developing so, so, so fast. And, I mean, actually within uh, a couple of months, we formed a team, uh, we set up a budget and a business plan and we, well, developed a concept and John was kind of 
driving the team to overthink and rethink and change the strategy. And, and, and finally, Creatokia was born as a platform. And the Creator Token was invented and the first drops were created. And, all, well, all this, if you tell this in a nutshell, it sounds so easy, but it was quite a heavy and bumpy ride because there was a lot of technology to be understand. There was a lot of, like, to be understood about the NFTs in general, how they, what they could mean to the publishing industry. And I think we can be quite, quite proud of what we've achieved in, in this short period of time. And I think we've had a lot of interesting conversations with people from... I mean, the publishing world, and it's been really, really encouraging. So I think it's been a kind of a mutual good, good discussion and good energy. And it's a very good promising start, I would say. Yeah. And there were many discussions about the right blockchain decision. So, and it's still questions. Are we right on Ethereum? And um, how will the whole platform look like? What will be the feeling, the emotional gap that we have to close between collectors and authors? And what is really the mission? Is our mission to sell digital originals or is our mission too to educate people how blockchain functions and how NFTs can make a difference for, for authors and publishers or can be an asset or a, an emotional asset for readers and fans. And we are still on that mission. And I think we are still in a very early phase and, and are still very uh, variable still to change things. But one milestone I would say was when Joanna Penn invited us uh, on her very interesting international podcast. That was very nice. That was the time when we decided, okay, this is not only a German thing. We should do all this in English too. Yeah. So thanks to Joanna. Yeah. And I, I mean, even today we were, uh, I was involved in a meeting and the team, we were talking about uh, kind of how we talk about Queer Tokyo out in the world to publishers and Like you said, it's still many things to be defined and there's no really one correct or wrong answer to lots of these issues like, uh, is it distribution? Well, yes, but it's also something else and it's collectibles and there's, I mean, so I think the best thing that we can do is to keep explaining and keep, yeah, creating some clarity and engaging, engaging and getting people to try things. I think that's really important. And I think it's going to be very exciting next year uh, when the first real publishing drops will come out that have uh, like a big reach uh, potential. So because so far we're still putting out stuff that is uh, very nicely designed and classical, but it is not like uh, top author's uh, content. So and this will come up, and I think this is then probably the next phase that we are that we've been preparing so far learning about about like the behavior of the platform the community aspect setting up this discord uh, community and and all that uh, things that the creator team has achieved in a very very short time but next year is probably uh, the time where we will really learn about what this means to the publishing industry putting out publishing stuff and reaching the publishing the, the author's audiences yeah i want to add something on that point because we are asked Why are you doing this? Or why should I as an author do this? Or why as, in public, as a publisher? So at first, uh, this week, Nike bought Artifact. And Artifact is in principle nothing more than a NFT designing company, which really has the knowledge how to drop successful NFTs, how to build communities, and how they design the stuff. This is really compelling to people. So out of our perspective... Publishers should know how they design NFTs for their brands, for their licenses. But that's not all. We have the Web One. We had the Web One movement, and 
the publishing industry, some of them hasn't even come to that stage that everything is digitalized. And the Web2 movement was they lost their market in a way. They, they have no direct-to-consumer business in a way. So now the Web3 opportunity is again a new opportunity that you should not left aside uh, in the early stage. Even if you're failing, you should learn something out about that as a publisher and as an author. Because Web3 and the direct interconnection between peoples and direct sales, that is now possible because we have the blockchain technology. And as for the storytelling or information brokering industry, which the publishing industry is, this is such a huge and big opportunity. So follow that path, even, even if you fail, fail with us, fail faster, fail better, and then bring some home your first successes. So many, many, maybe wrapping this up, I would say we are more committed than ever before to this venture, to, to uh, finding the right ways of making uh, digital originals work for the publishing industry. And we couldn't be more excited about next year and uh, we couldn't be more like committed and motivated to grow the team, to talk to more publishers and to reach more people out there. So maybe that's a good way to talk about what actually the next weeks uh, will be happening or has started to happen on the Creatokia platform. That's right. Thanks, Jens. I mean, I think that's a good way to summarize. And yes, we want to talk about our latest drop, uh, which is happening this week. And on that note, we have today's guests from our business development team at Bookwire. We have our colleague, Barry, who is deeply involved in the project and also knows and is going to reveal what the drop this week is going to be. So hi, Barry. Nice to have you. Welcome. Hi, Videl. Thank you so much for having me. Total pleasure. I mean, you've been really deep in this designing and creating these drops and coming up with the themes and the concepts with other people in the team. So tell us a little bit, what do we have this week? What should people be looking out for? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's been a great experience and there's so much, so much going on and so much interesting content to edit. And yeah, this week's drop of our Eternal Masterpiece collection is a very special one. We have had The Adventurers already. And uh, last week, the visionaries and philosophers, of course. Yeah. And this week, um, we have a special drop celebrating the f biggest female authors of world literature. So we present, we proudly present the Grand Danes of world literature this week. Okay. Tell us about it. Absolutely. With uh, this special uh, collection of uh, female writers we have made a collection a special collection about um well many unforgettable works that have been produced by female authors throughout history and we've chosen four special female authors that we think are worth mentioning and celebrating and yeah so you can be excited to learn more about four special literary works of uh, world literature Okay. And I think you can even go further than that and you could maybe tell us who they are. This is bold. Vidal, you're so bold. Yes, but I, I will, I will do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I can tell you about them. First of all, there would be, uh, Charlotte Bronte, one of the Bronte sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure. Everyone knows um, about the work um, of Jane Eyre. Um, of probably 
Charlotte Bronte's most successful novel. And uh, it gained her a uh, great fame as a writer during her lifetime already. And uh, today it is uh, considered one of uh, the most important novels of Victorian literature. Starting off with her, I can go on to another giantess, Jane Austen, of course. Jane Austen, everyone knows Jane Austen. Jane Austen is iconic. Her book Pride and Prejudice, probably among the most famous novels ever to be written. And we're so excited about this drop, about especially Jane Austen. It's it's going to be great. Um, so many movies have been made. And we have a special scene, a special scene, a quite a great scene um, of this of this special drop. I could tell more later on about the how the drop is uh, how, what it consists of maybe in two or three sentences but let me let me tell you quickly about the other two drops yeah let's keep going yes and the next one would be mary shelley's frankenstein or the modern prometheus no introduction needed i think i think we know we know that one yeah <laughs> I, i think frankenstein is as one of those characters actually it's not frankenstein it's the monster of frankenstein that has gained immense popularity at least once a year when it's uh, halloween and yeah everyone knows this iconic figure we've chosen this special story of uh, mary shelley's and it's also um also a very important british novel it's more of the horror genre i would say and yeah it's um it's quite it's deeper than you think i think uh When when you when you get to read it and um, the scene we've chosen is quite an iconic one as well, um, yeah, fantastic, um, yeah. And so uh, the last one probably I've chosen the chronicle order would be Virginia Virginia Woolf and her her book Mrs. Dalloway. Yeah, Mrs. Dalloway. This special book is uh, famous for um, its special style of writing. It's um, in a sort of stream of consciousness. It's, it's one of the key elements of, of this work and this yeah, particular narrative style. In the 20s, it was written. And yeah, it's a different style, I think, but it's much more psychological, much more uh, closer to the to the protagonist, to the main main author. And it's It's very personal, a very personal piece, tragic as well, and at parts. And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that would be the fourth of our giant tests of world literature, fourth Grand Dame. We're so excited. That's great, Barry. I thank you for describing it in so much detail. I know. I mean, I definitely got the feeling that this was something close to you, and you really understand these books and each of those authors and each of those books that you mention are. I mean, enormous in their own right. So to have them as a collection, that's, I mean, it's like we're talking about, yeah, true classics and true stories that are still capturing people's imaginations. And we can just, as you were describing them, I was thinking as a, a English guy and, you know, I've heard these stories since I've been at school and movies and adaptations on TV. They are still as powerful as they ever were if not even more so i mean it's exciting that what we're doing in terms of uh having this part as part of our collection so thank you very much for describing 
I, I would like to add something because <clears throat> the interesting thing is is that three dudes are talking about women literature, so it's 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 about time to have now now female authors in in this podcast and of course on on the drop side for Queer Tokyo. So well, we are born as men or as as boys, so we we cannot change it for now. But sometimes we have we have women here in in the podcast, and we will we will of course do this again. I think the interesting thing about these four. Uh, female authors is that they're all from England. Charlotte Bronte, I, I want to be honest, I didn't knew her before. Um, uh, the girls from the Korea Tokyo team said she, she has to be definitely part of the collection. Uh, she died very young and she wrote together with her sisters under pseudonym, under male pseudonym. And I think this is kind of describing how, how hard it was for female authors to get attention. And Only after she, she revealed her, her female name, she was really successful and appreciated by the, um, I would say, cultural scene in London. Uh, I want to say something about Mary Shelley. I, sh I think she, what she did with Frankenstein, it, 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 it's still, like, like you said, Videl, it's still influencing about... Uh, Uh, about what we are thinking about about gothic or horror stories and it's 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 totally moving to the to the heart of what what people of what, what humans are thinking about about life and death and she had a very f famous husband uh, because she wasn't born under the name Shelley she she, she married uh, Percy Bysshe Shelley who died very early and she, she lived longer than than him so really very very interesting woman and well Jane Austen uh, not my favorite type but here you have the the female view on things because most of these women write about the female perspective on life and um i think it's they are very social books are written by these authors i would say with with social perspectives it's not just romantic literature what jane austen did and virginia wolf i cannot tell too much about her but the book orlando it's not part of that of that collection but the book is really 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 fantastic so all english all really a female view in literature and uh, i will definitely uh, secure some nfts for myself <laughs> mm -hmm. so wait for me as well yeah and yeah maybe i can point out a bit um, a bit more about what they consist of maybe it's it's special to mention that our Korea tokyo originals uh, the eternal masterpiece collection each and every one of those drops consists of three three create um artistic parts which is um first the the visual an amazing visual created by um by the artist miguel rivero silva and um each of these text excerpts we've chosen representing these each each book um is um spoken by special speakers um for example Ajua ondo which we know of course from the netflix hit uh, bridgerton so great great to have her on board for that project and yeah, great. it's uh, it's absolutely stunning uh, it's it's just a delight to to hear her speaking reading these pieces uh, as well as simon callow yeah you can pre-listen to it on creatopia yeah. of course there's a pre-listen uh, opportunity on, on creatopia definitely you should check that out and um yeah That's, uh, I, I needed to mention that. Absolutely. Great interpreters also really, really, in really, yeah, it's totally part of it. So, uh, and that's, that's also the, the powerful thing about NFTs having these different dimensions. So I'm really pleased we could get Barry on the podcast to describe the really great female authors and drops we have come this week. And really, I think we're coming towards the end now. So I, I mean, 
this is still, as far as we're concerned, right, this is the beginning. We have just started. We have a lot more to come, many more podcast episodes to come early in the new year. So please, um, dear listeners, stay with us. Tell everyone. We really want to tell you everything that we're doing. And uh, we've got more guests in, the, in in future episodes, of course, planned. And so for now, I think also we want to, before we say finally goodbye, we want to say thank you because there have been an incredible amount of energy and thinking and uh, amongst all the teams. So John and Jens, I think you wanted to mention maybe a few different parts of the business because everyone's been working on this so hard. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I don't want to, the, the order is random. So because everybody involved in this kind of startup within Bookwire, uh, what has been kind of an adventure to, to like create a company within, within a company, uh, to give them some, some freedom and, uh, enough freedom to do what they want to do. Um, because we all don't exactly uh, no, we don't follow a big master plan. So the master plan is to make digital originals uh, a valuable product uh, and very big in the publishing industry. But how we get there is still, we have to be very flexible in the details. And so uh, the tech team has done an amazing job to kind of tackle all the tech challenges that we've come along <laughs> the, uh, during the way. And there's the content team uh, that has created all this great content that shows people out there what's possible with publishing content content uh, with you by the way with for example the eternal uh, masterpiece collection and of course the business team that has done some pivoting here and there and changed the plan and the strategy and uh, rethought uh, things again and again and again and this will continue to happen so i think all of the people involved they earn a big thank you shout outs go out to to the team they've really done an amazing job and i'm, I'm really proud that we've done this together that's great and I think, John, we have one more final thank you to make. Would you like to make it? Yes, there is one more. And uh, we want to especially say thank you to Laura Janitz, who is the producer of our podcast and who's cutting all our bad English out of it, especially not Videl's, but mine. And um, so thank you for that. There's no problem that you can't fix because you can do it in the edit. So uh, wasn't it in the mix? Yeah, but I changed it. That's the hack. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, finally, I have to say thank you to John for putting so much energy into, into this project. He has kind of, well, guided the team. Of course, the team has done the job finally, but he has been like the one, uh, putting so much energy into it. And, um, uh, Thanks to Videl for hosting this podcast in English and helping us to be kind of understandable in the English speaking world. What is sometimes a bit challenging for us, but we're, we're giving our best. Total pleasure. So guys, that's a really lovely wrap up. I think, uh, I think as everyone can hear, we're full of ambition. We're full of, um, hope, but we have some really good brains and thinking and speed and, uh, iteration and ambition behind this project. So everyone, uh, please. Have a good Christmas, a good festive season wherever you are listening, and uh, please stay tuned and join us again in the new year. So it's goodbye from me. One more thing, a little preview about the next year's episode. We will have a blockchain lawyer in the next episodes and talking about the legal aspects of blockchain. And we will have a UX expert in the in the next episodes where we will talk about what user experience can you expect from a very good NFT and a very good NFT platform. So the best is yet to come, like always. And uh, yeah, 
If you enjoy us, please tell your friends and colleagues and follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn and please join the Discord community. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And thanks to Jens, of course, too. Goodbye from my side. Bye, everyone. <laughs>